Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 97 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Marico. Holy cow, Jacob. 97, can you believe it? I can't believe that, but I also can't believe that I just haven't seen this face in a couple weeks. I know, right? We had to go on our little mini vacation there, and it was it was trying times, I gotta tell you. It should never be a vacation from each other. Well, it's not a vacation from each other. But, but we didn't see each other. That's true, but we didn't have to get up so early in the morning, so that was pretty nice. That part, that part was not, A-OK. By, by the way, not worth it. No, I, you'd I, rather. I, I would gladly take the waking up early to get to come hang out with you every wow, day. Wow, fluttering eyelashes. And now you show up, you have different hair. I do. I, got, I mean, you can't just change on me in this time period. Well, you, you got to switch it up every once in a while. New year, new hair, the whole the whole nine yards there. Wow. You, and I look the same. Yeah, I'm just, I just, look I'm like, like an old garbage can. Cool. Well, why mess with perfection? You know, it, there's <laughs> no reason to it. This is what I've needed. I actually, you know, I've had a pretty good new year. And then as I'm sitting around yesterday, I had a... Um, I was looking around on some sites, and then I saw something that kind of annoyed me. So, oh, no. So we all know that uh, Parasite, one of our favorite movies of the year. Both uh, our second favorite movie yeah, of the year, which we enjoyed when we yeah, realized that. Weird, weirdly enough. <laughs> such, a, such a good movie. Holy um, cow. But yeah, then the news came out last night that uh, him and Adam McKay are developing a English language version limited series for HBO Max. What? Which... Doesn't Wait, what, a TV show of the movie? Yeah, they're going to break the movie into a limited series TV show and throw it on HBO Max. Oh, no. And make it in English because, as oh, his speech no. said at the Golden Globes, people need to watch more foreign movies, so let's make them in English. Yeah, I was really glad that that Parasite obviously won Best Foreign Picture at the Golden Globes. And oh, his speech yeah. was so good of, like, how do you let this, like, half-inch letters detract you from so many amazing films. And usually at the end of the year, so many of my favorites are foreign films. Oh, yeah. And then, wow, they're going to make that an English-language TV show. Right, yeah. Which <sighs> but the director is on board? Yeah, the director's going to be working on it. He, he's working with Adam McKay to make it, so it should and be And I good. like Adam McKay, but he gets a little crazy sometimes, like a little yes. hyper. Yes, I, I would say so. I do like the idea that uh, if it's the same kind of stuff that this guy does before, you can almost assume that Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be involved somehow, which I kind of like that idea. I mean, that would be great. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. But. Well, all right, that is, I mean, it's not the most stressful news I've read in 2020, but it's, it's, it's something. got to focus on the little terrors as opposed to the big ones that we're faced with. Okay, I, I like I like that. I've, also, I never see another picture of a cold while in my life I'll be oh, more than happy I can't even I can't <laughs> even get into that I like made a donation as you know I will always try to do in these natural disasters but then you're like you know Chris Hemsworth makes a million dollar one and I'm like well mine at least bought some firemen some sandwiches so that is all that, that I can that was nice <laughs> that's all I contributed to that <laughs> <laughs> that's something is more than I did I'll tell you that much you should. I always think everybody can donate something. You like don't go out to dinner, don't get a couple drinks that weekend. There's got to be. You can s- always donate something, and if everyone donates little things, as we've learned from Bernie Sanders, a lot of small donations turn out to be a big amount of money. I can't believe that there's not some kind of small terror monster in Australia that just like spews something that puts out fire. Where is the Tasmanian devil? Exactly. He's spinning. Just spinning around. That's just it. He's it spinning and it's making, it's giving air to the fire. Somebody oh get boy. Taz. Oh, boy. Oh, but I, I do want to say, because you're talking about this this TV show, um, 
How about, did you see on February 7th, the new show being released on Netflix? No. Lock and Key. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, the adaptation of one of the greatest graphic novels ever. Which I'm kind of surprised they're making, I think. I didn't think they would make a... I think it's a tough graphic novel to make into a show. So I, I'm hopeful but super nervous that it's going to be terrible. Uh, well, I wouldn't worry about that. They, they Netflix just had um, their Witcher adaptation come out, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, so it was, having, that was terrible. I don't even want to get into it with you We're not going to get right into now, it now. But, but I, that show is so dumb. I can't, I can't even. Gonna, I'm going to play Valley of Plenty for you, and it's going to be stuck in your head. That song day. was terrible. That hedgehog, that's when I literally was like, oh, I'm checked out of this. It looks like an ABC show that my stepdaughters would watch. You only made it to episode two. I know exactly where you got to. But. No, I, I definitely. Not. I've watched seven of them. Seven. I can't even. I just can't finish the last one because it's so <laughs> terrible. Anyway. We're getting off topic here. We are getting off topic. We, obviously, the Golden Globes happened. They did. They were not. Super shocking. I don't think there was a single surprise. Most of the things happened. Um, Ricky Gervais was great as always. He was barely on. I was really bummed about that. It's a Golden Globes. It's kind of like the Oscars. Why do they even have a host? Just have a comedian come out, do some jokes, and then get out Which is pretty much what he did, so I guess that that's fine. One of the surprising ones, not because of the actor, but I guess because of the role, was Brad Pitt won Best Supporting Actor for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. And I guess what... I mean, he was fine in that movie. That was not one of my favorite movies of the year. I know a lot of people really love it, and that's great. But I felt like he was really overlooked for his amazing performance of the year, which was in Ad Astra. Yeah, which I just watched last night at your recommendation, and boy, oh boy, was it uh, was it an excellent movie, let me tell you. I mean, okay, so I will honestly say when I checked Ad Astra out, I had to know I'm really into space films. I really do like Brad Pitt. Um, but also it was so split with reviews of people who loved it or hated it. Oh yeah. So then I was thinking, oh, you know what? I bet it's bad. I bet it gets too artsy, weirdo, pretentious, like lost in itself. So I got it from the library almost to like hate watch it in a way. I was like, here we go. And then I watched it and I loved it. Oh, it was it was so within good. my top five movies of the year for sure. Oh, it definitely shot up into my top three without question as soon as I got done watching. And I was like, mm, that is some good sci-fi right there. So we should talk about it because I partly I'm baffled at why people hated it, but then in the other sense, oh, I know exactly why people. Didn't yes, it. it very it's, it's slow paced at times, and it's going into movies and anticipating a different movie. So they possibly did not sell it correctly. Although I do watch the trailer and I'm like, no, I feel like they- Yeah, they pretty, they pretty much, much told you it. what it was gonna so be. So let's just discuss what the movie is for anyone who hasn't heard of it or hasn't seen it or thinks they don't want to see it. Um, it's a James Gray movie and um, Brad Pitt is playing Roy McBride, who is the coolest man in a spacesuit ever. Like he's the comet's coolest guy. Oh, it n- never- Never a palpitation on this guy. Just no, like, he... Like a cucumber out there. Really an excellent, a lot of close-up face acting, a lot of voiceover work, which sometimes can seem like a cop-out, but... Which he, can also make you come off as pretentious in a movie yeah, if you're not but careful. But it was great, and it really fit. So it's in the near future. Space travel is more prevalent, so people can actually pay, well, rich people can pay to go to the moon and things like that. So McBride is as legendary um, as pretty much 
any astronaut with a BPM that never rises above 80. <laughs> so Which, very impressive. That's impressive. Um, even when he's like plummeting to Earth, as he does in a really early scene, his which, heart rate is still calm, which you're like, how? Yeah, like right off the bat when that happened, I was like, oh, what I'm, a powerful, I'm in for this, man. Yeah, so what what happens in the scene where he's plummeting to Earth, there's a power surge that kind of devastates the entire planet, killing thousands of people. And the the suit that's in charge of space exploration, they inform McBride that they've traced the source of this crazy surge back to an antimatter device which is stationed near Neptune which just happens to be the last place that anyone heard from this famous mission called the Lima Project. So the objective for the Lima Project was to go to the furthest reach of our solar system and look around um, at the rest of the universe trying to find intelligent life and it just happened to be captained by Roy's father who's played by Tommy Lee Jones so for years um, Roy has believed that his father is dead but now he may not only be alive but behind an attack on earth so that is the premise that you get early in the film and then they want to send Roy to Mars to attempt to communicate with this father that he has assumed has been dead for years um, in the hope that a a reply will allow them to kind of pinpoint his interstellar location that's that's the movie in a nutshell. So yes. that is the movie in the nut in a nutshell. Um, I there have been numerous sci-fi films where people kind of go to the reaches of space to find truth within themselves. I think that is a common theme, but none are quite as masterful as this movie. It is it's it's hard to describe. I was so moved by it. It's really thematically dense. Like there is there's a lot happening. It's visually stunning the colors used in the film in different scenes is excellent well i feel like uh james gray for instance i know that one of the things that he sold brad pitt on this movie and when he was he told him that he's trying to make the most realistic depiction of space like of all time in movies which seemed like you did a pretty good job oh yeah you can tell that they studied every single thing available of what we know of space and put that in into the film um And I think where the bad reviews come from is that this film may not work for people who are seeking like an action adventure, typical space movie. But it works wonders below the surface, serving as an examination of masculinity and a commentary on how we become our fathers. And I think it can even be read as a search for an absent God. So there are a lot of really deep elements of the film so if you were looking for like the martian part two a movie i liked but that's not what you're gonna yeah, th- get here this is totally not what that is and i actually got something else from this movie i actually saw it kind of like a uh, a parable story about like dealing with and living with depression and trying to move past it and get um, oh yeah on it. or not even accepting your depression or acknowledging when your life is falling apart and you're like i'm just gonna put that under my super low bpm and like push it down yeah and, just, and be like i'm fine yeah just move on like sally forth like just don't even like put on a happy face for everybody and then uh, internally just have to deal with it by yourself because yeah. who's going to help you but if, no, if nobody else is going to be able to so he was lost it was really nuanced storytelling but like we said it's one of Brad Pitt's I'd say career best performances he he's, is he's doing a great job he is not Brad Pitt he is this character you are lost with him you like feel his pain um, 
and everything he says is a lot of facial close-ups, what I think is hard for actors to just be like, God, this camera is like zoomed in on me. And it's going to be like two inches from your face, too. So that certainly doesn't make it any more comfortable when you have to like cry on No, absolutely. It's a, it is a really special film. And Brad Pitt really carries the emotional and physical weight of it. In I mean, he's in such every, a subtle he's in performance. Every scene of the movie, I believe. So. Yeah, I'd say not, so. Not, not surprised for a Brad Pitt movie, but still, it's it's striking when you think about like you have to carry this entire sci-fi epic with some deep themes going on, and yeah. you're not allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to be boisterous. You're not allowed to go over the top at all. You nope. got to keep everything nice and reserved and calm, and got to play it under the surface because the character oh, you're yeah, playing totally. the character you're playing doesn't get excited. So it's not like you can gesticulate or something. And then when he does feel little things, oh, you you really feel it with him. Oh, you feel horrible for him because you realize he's been spending his whole life training not to do have to deal with these issues, and then all of a sudden... And then it's acknowledging, like, did he even go into a career that he wanted to, or is it because of his dad and how he's dealt with his dad not being in his life and how that's affected all of his future relationships so and I how his whole life was a lie possibly like that's other things going like on like things you really don't know and like trying to take on all this information in front of like military superiors so you have to be like cool and collected but yeah, you're like cool, wait calm. huh my dad might be alive what are you talking about like this is crazy so if that sounds like something that you're interested in and again cinematography Oh, Amazing. it's incredible. I mean, this is the same. I can never. What is, I mean, these are some of like. His name the, is like Hoyt Van Hoytema. He's it. the guy who, who did work um, on Interstellar. Makes sense. And But like I said, the, the colors, are, it's a mesmerizing visual palette. So they did an excellent job. With I mean, that. once they start getting into like deep space and stuff like there, there's some really cool stuff that you're seeing as you're watching this movie. Like some of the way the planets work and the way they have that gravity That scene depicted. on the moon. Oh, that took them three months to shoot. I, I, I'll believe it. That scene is excellent. is incredible. And I was like, that is the moon. I feel like they're not in Death Valley shooting this. They are straight up on the moon. Oh, like, that, that is the moon. The moon. Like, I can. Like, when he w- gets to the moon and is like, we are just world eaters and just destroying another it place. It felt. Like, oh, like, oh. You were like, well, that's happening. It's like, yeah, it's totally. He's not wrong, everybody. Like, he's. Um, oh. But so, yeah, so we really, we love this film. My advice would be to be patient with it. Um, I think if you are expecting the correct film that you're going to get, then you can really love it. Yeah, this is not Independence Day. This is not Interstellar. Like, there's there's not going to be a lot of bombastic action going on here. But, like, what there is, it's not to say there's this no is an, action an, an in this movie. an internal struggle film, but a struggle that I think we can all relate to if you have experienced loneliness, depression, loss, um, you, you got know, dad issues. Uh, yeah. So many things. If you get if you build, like existential or nihilistic crises, this is a good movie for that as well. Yeah. So Just great film. All, all Again, I don't understand why Brad Pitt is not being nominated for this film, but he's being nominated for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I don't understand this popularity contest that goes on. Well, with awards. well, you know, like we said, he turned himself into a catcher's mitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that's very hard to do. <laughs> they actually had to make himself look unattractive as opposed to he actually looks pretty good in this movie. So that's you know, for that alone, Brad Pitt is. I guess I guess that's something. I'm gonna do just a really short clip before we'll just move on from Ad Astra, um, which is these scenes which come up a lot in the film where he has to sit down and kind of talk to a computer screen, but oh, it's yeah. his psych evaluation because when you're in space all the time, these psych evaluations are really important. That's famously shown by Steve Buscemi and Armageddon. You go nuts if you're in space too long. It, I believe that that checks out. So let's just do a quick clip. I'm calm, steady, 
I slept well, 8.2 hours, no bad dreams. I am ready to go, ready to do my job to the best of my abilities. I am focused only on the essential to the exclusion of all else. I will make only pragmatic decisions. I will not allow myself to be distracted. I will not allow my mind to linger on that which is unimportant. I will not rely on anyone or anything. I will not be vulnerable to mistakes. Resting BPM 47. Submit. Okay, so that is Ad Astra. Now let us talk more about one of the most beautiful humans existing on the planet Earth. I mean, I love talking about myself. <laughs> We're gonna, oh. I just set myself up for that. But <laughs> Brad Pitt. So I think it's almost hard to have an episode talking about Brad Pitt because everyone knows his films so well. So we're just going to skim over those and maybe talk about a couple that were not as popular, but maybe ones that we loved. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. You guys know the big ones. So if you really want to get into Brad Pitt, I would recommend going on YouTube and watching The Dark Side of the Sun. This is the first movie that he was in. The Pink Floyd album? Is that what we're talking about here? No, it is not. He plays a young American taken by his family to the Adriatic Sea to search for a cure for a rare skin disease, which is that he cannot be in the sun or have any light on him or he'll just die. So for most of the movie, he's wearing like a gimp suit. I'm not even (laughs) kidding. (laughs) And like walking around um, completely covered in leather and like riding this motorcycle. But then he obviously decides like, I want to live. So he like just will hang out in the sun. It's, it's just terrible. But he's like a little baby. And he was like, Oh, I got paid $1,500 a week. And they like, I got to travel the world a little bit. So he's like, heck yeah. I mean, guess, I guess that works. You (laughs) want to play a technically a vampire in a movie walking around in hot leather in the sun. It's so, it's so bad, but he's so Brad Pitt. Like, you're like, there he is. There's, like, his his starts it, of, like, ticks that he always does in movies. It's, like, so funny to look back at some of the stuff that he did when he was younger, man. Like, I looked at some of his television roles, and it's just, like, 21 Jump Street. I remember him on Tales from the Crypt. I actually remember the episode he shows up on in there. He was on Dallas, apparently. Yeah. So, you know, he's actually had a pretty long career I mean, he was, outside he was, of movies. He was getting it done, but I'd say the, the first thing that we all kind of equate him with entering the world of movies was Thelma and Louise. Maybe for you. I mean, you, for me, I definitely do. Um, which is funny because he almost, that was considered his big break though, because after that, then like agents and people started calling him, but he almost didn't get the role. It was given, it was Billy Baldwin's. Oh, oh. I know. Oh. And they actually started filming it. And God. then Billy Baldwin dropped out to be in Backdraft. And then Brad Pitt got it. I mean, I like Backdraft too. But man, remember when the Baldwins were sex symbols? That's a scary time. I don't in understand. That was... Especially Billy Baldwin. <laughs> that was Billy Baldwin was terrible. He's like the third. Yeah, bestie's the third. Probably the fourth Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. give, give me Adam before you <laughs> give me Billy. I mean, geez. Um, but the Adam? Is there an Adam? There is an Adam. I think he's even like a younger version. He's like a, one of their kids or nephews or oh, something. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. And then I'd say some other early ones of where I loved him. So Legends of the Fall. He's, oh, that's pretty Brad Pitt right He there. is so beautiful and tortured in that movie also. I don't think I've ever actually watched that movie because I remember... <gasps> Yeah, because I. That's uh, Tristan. Well, I was like a kid at that point. That looked like a really boring movie. I probably would enjoy it a lot Tristan now. Tristan Ludlow, he 
I mean, isn't that the movie where he like flips his hat and there's like water coming off? Um, a hundred percent. My grandma and I talk about this movie yeah. a lot Ooh, because my grandma, seen, except he is so hot. You should have seen how starry her eyes got. You saw her flashback to that. I mean, it's really hard. It. I've actually tried to sit down and decide which movie has Brad Pitt at the hottest. Um, oh, no. It's very difficult. It's like Sophie's Choice, man. You can't pick. It is really difficult. But then, and then a river runs through it was like an early one. He's also so gorgeous in that movie. Oh, I, okay. So those are some early hot, twelve monkeys hotness going on there, being all manic. Twelve monkeys, what a great movie! One of his his first Oscar nomination for that. I movie. believe so. He spent like a bunch of time in a mental institution to kind of get into the feel of that. So I'm sure that was kind of crazy. <laughs> that, that's that's <laughs> like, a fun idea. Just like, hey guys, you mind if I come in here and hang out? But Twelve Monkeys was when we were like, oh, this guy can act. He can do like a lot of different things. I think yeah, he's just not a pretty boy running around here. So what else are our favorites? Obviously, I'd say like. His then trifecta of like dirty Brad movies where he's the best. So seven. The Fincher flicks, basically. That's that's where you just gotta go. Seven for that. is one of the most incredible films ever. I also think that's my hottest Brad Pitt. Okay. Could I, be. I could buy that with seven. That's 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 peak. I, most people I think would go with Fight Club. And that's the next one. That might be a body issue though, because my friend was like, "Oh no, it's Fight Club all the way." Hmm. All right. But I can't separate his hotness from Tyler Durden just being like gross. Yeah, well. But these are all, these are such excellent movies. Like, these are movies that I think are going to, like, stand through the test of time. Like, Seven, Fight Club, they're not going anywhere. I mean, my favorite one was Inglourious Bastards. That was my favorite Brad Pitt performance, just because it was a little bit more over the top and fun. It's so good. Inglourious Bastards is such a good movie. I love it so much. Also, like, that is a Quentin Tarantino, like, that's an excellent one. Yeah, that one I love the matchup. I remember when Tarantino made really good movies all the time. Man, People that's... really like this movie, so it might just be us. Maybe, maybe it is, but yeah. um, and then Snatch. Oh, I love He's Snatch. He's great in Snatch. I also love that that was not necessarily the role for him. But Guy Ritchie said he Brad Pitt could not do an English accent. They just kept trying and trying, and it was so terrible that then they created this character where he just you don't He's understand just speaking gibberish the whole time. Anything he says. I I very distinctly remember like when I turned nineteen, going to Canada. Me and my um, friends were all just like running around Clifton Hill, talking like morons, being obnoxious, <laughs> like, acting like that. I feel like was, this is Snatch inspired. It was pretty great. I gotta say that movie's a lot of fun. I don't think a lot of people talk about Snatch enough. Like that's one of a. Uh, um, Guy Ritchie's better Truly Because he doesn't movies. always nail it No I'm curious about his new one But this is not the Makana cast This um, is about Brad Pitt So And then The Oceans movies Of course Obviously <laughs> Did you see his latest interview Where he's like His career ambition Is that he never has to make Oceans 14 <laughs> Is that right <laughs> So I'm like Yeah that, okay That makes sense Brad I got you there He's really fun In um, interviews lately Like He's always seemed really awkward in interviews, and I've read like he hated them, but I feel like he, he's got some new sobriety, and he seems way more comfortable. Like he's funny, and he's joking, he's sober, and he's, he's, he's back, opening up. He's getting back with his first wife, allegedly. So, you know, he's got that's, that going I don't on. think that's not allegedly at all. I've not heard that at all. You have, you have they not didn't, heard? All I read was that they didn't speak at all at the after party. Well, because they not going to get back with him. Why? I don't know, but that's that's what's there. That's what they're saying. No, Braniston's coming. <clears throat> we'll back. know when he changes his hair when he has the Rachel haircut, because then he always has the same hair as the people he's dating. Then we'll know. Ooh, that's kind of weird. Have you never seen that online? No. Oh my God! Every person he dated, he like mimicked their hair. We'll we'll look at it afterwards. I'll put I, a link to I, that. I feel on like Twitter. that's going to be our Twitter thread for the day. <laughs> yeah, just it's pretty Brad good. Pitt and haircuts. <clears throat> okay, but a couple movies um, that are maybe less known that we really love. So first off is Babel for me. Babel. Not, I lo- not about the fish. 
No, not about the fish. Oh, wait. No, I think it's actually, it's Babel. No, it's Babel. Yeah, we're going to say it's an accent a, a thing and move on with I that feel one. like I figured that out at one point, and now I've forgotten because it was Babel, a long time ago. Babel. Somebody will correct this online, I'm sure. Um, It is about the tragic aftermath of human carelessness as it kind of travels around the world in a multi-narrative drama from filmmaker, um, say it for me, Alejandro Inaritu. Nailed it. Thank you. That's correct. So um, quick synopsis of, of a really complicated movie, but Brad Pitt... Um, and his wife, who's played by Kate Blanchett, they're a couple from the U.S. They've traveled to Morocco um, on a vacation after the death of one of their children because the wife, she's in this deep depression. He thought it would hurt, would help, excuse me. And then their two children have been left in America, and they're under the care of Amelia, their housekeeper, who is originally from Mexico, and her oldest son is getting married in Tijuana. So she's unable to find someone who can watch the kids, and she can't get a hold of the parents who are in Morocco so she takes the children with her as she crosses the border for the celebration so you can imagine how that is going to end up going of course That's anytime not... taking ch- random children to Mexico is never a good idea sure and then around the same time in Morocco this poor farmer buys a hunting rifle and he gives it to one of his sons to scare off predatory animals because it's thinning out their goat herd so the boys are like oh this is great let's test out the, the range of it. So they see a bus and it's so far away driving. So they just kind of shoot towards that direction. It's completely not malicious, but um, the shot goes through the window of the bus and it ends up hitting Brad Pitt's wife, the Kate Blanchett character in the shoulder. And now she's bleeding and they think that it is a terrorist attack. There's also other stories involving this Japanese um, deaf mute girl whose mother recently committed suicide. This is a serious movie, but it it's really fascinating. It's kind of about how culture gets really handicapped by misperceptions. And it's fascinating. And Brad Pitt is really excellent in it. Um, it's a film where terrible things happen, but there's no there's no villains. It's just kind of victims of fate and circumstance. I like it's movies a, like that. I think people like, didn't get a fair shot. Yeah, it's like a very much like how the world is. It's random events end up shaping how everything goes in your life. Yeah, one hundred percent. So one hundred percent. I haven't seen Bad One in a while. I need to go back and watch that one. Absolutely, that's a good one. So people check that one out. What do you think? I think I'm gonna lighten it up a little bit. I'm gonna go uh, with 2011's Moneyball, which is his only to date. Uh, well, I guess is the other one, but it's like best actor uh, nomination. He is. I love Moneyball. Another movie that I was like I am not going to be into this sports oh. sort of movie and I was like this movie's fantastic he's also really he's hot in that too oh yeah he's definitely <laughs> looking pretty good in that one so this movie is made by Bennett Miller who also made Capote and Foxcatcher so I didn't even realize that this guy great that movies. was the guy who directed it they got a really good one um, it also stars Jonah Hill and Chris Pratt and uh, Rochester's own Philip Seymour Hoffman and it basically goes over the story of the 2002 Oakland Athletics who after getting trounced by the Yankees in the previous year's playoffs decide that since they're on a limited budget and they can't afford to compete, they have to go a different route, and they start using analytics to build a team based on statistics. Can Man, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, you could do that in baseball. It's one of the few sports where you absolutely sure. can. And it's very fascinating to see how analytics, which is basically taken over the sports world in all sports, I know you're not a fan, but it's all you hear about all the time is people want an analytics. I mean, I'm a it. fan of that because that that's fascinating. Yeah, and they do it in every sport now where people just like, yeah, well, let's get a guy for this position, this situation, this statistical thing, and we can expect 
that based on past performance, he's going to continue doing it in the future. And this was the first kind of Jonah Hill where like, oh, I'm sorry, Jonah Hill's a serious actor now film. Yeah, he kind of went from like uh, being the guy in Superbad to yeah. now being an actual, a real actor in Hollywood. So yeah, and he's kind of great. Fun. He's excellent in this movie. He got an Oscar nomination for this one too. Yeah. So Moneyball, man, if you haven't seen it, because it's from 2011, so go back and give it a look, everybody. Don't even just, if you're not, even if you think you're not into sports films, I guarantee it's awesome. Don't yeah, worry about it. You know that. what? Go pick up the book too. Uh, you know, Moneyball: The Art of Winning, an unfair game by Michael Lewis okay, at your cool. local library. I know we got some copies for you. We sure do. Um, so another one, and I'm going to recommend this movie because I love it. But I am going to put a caveat out there that not, it's not for everyone. <laughs> And a lot of people did not enjoy this movie. Um, I actually think when I went to see it in theaters, a couple people left. Really? By the middle of it. That's weird for a Brad Pitt movie. It is like not a Brad Pitt movie, you know, in that sense. Um, But it is The Tree of Life. Oh, now I understand completely. (laughs) You just totally explained it as soon as you said the title. I love Terrence Malick. He has not been perfect, but this to me is so close to a perfect film. Again, this is not get a bucket of popcorn and plop down in front of the TV. Okay, this is different. But it follows the life journey of the eldest son in this family, Jack, through the innocence of his childhood to his like disillusioned adult years as he tries to reconcile a complicated relationship with his father, who's played by Brad Pitt. So Jack is played by Sean Penn as an adult, which is the only misstep in the movie for me. Sean Penn's not great. But he finds himself like kind of a lost soul in the modern world, and he's seeking answers to the origins and meaning of life while questioning the existence of faith. So I feel like that is the best way I can describe it so you know if you want... It's to a, dig into this at all, but it has Malik's signature imagery, which he is he's so good at. And we see both the the brute nature and spiritual grace kind of shape not only our lives as individuals and families, but all life. It's transcendent film for me. It is awe-inspiring. Um I love it. This is the full-on Malik, everybody. So if this you are going to watch this movie, you know, be ready. That's what you're getting. I mean, but you also get some awe-inspiring visuals. I mean, you oh, sure. see, like, the birth and expansion of the universe and the appearance of life on a microscopic level and the evolution of species. And uh, it's awesome. I, I, I love it. But, again, I understand if you don't love it, maybe be alone be a little sad, maybe be dealing with a personal loss, and then this film might resonate with you. Get some tea, get under your Snuggie, relax. (laughs) This is all important. They actually, he had so much extra movie that he recently made another Tree of Life, but with all the extra stuff that didn't make it. Hmm. I own it, but I have not watched it yet because I need to rewatch The Tree of Life and then I'm going to rewatch this new one and I'm excited about all of it. Yeah. I just have to find time when Andrew's not around because he's not going to want to partake in this I, journey. I totally understand <laughs> yeah, that. Of course. To- totally makes sense. I'm with you, Andrew. All right. Do you have one more? Yeah. I'm going to go with one of my favorites. I brought it up before The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. I love that movie too, Jacob. But again, I don't, I think we're kind of alone out there. Yeah. A lot of people hate this movie because you want to talk about a ponderous pace. 
This movie... Brad Pitt is great in ponderous-paced films. It seems to be his jam nowadays. Ever since he made, uh, I think it was Troy, where he was like, I need to stop doing studio movies, man, because I need to do stuff that speaks to me. Man, was Troy a terrible movie. It was not great. It was so... He's the best part of that movie, to be honest. Him and Eric Banner are like the only No, the best part of that movie is just the scene where they... Where Brad Pitt kills Eric Banner, because it is pretty awesome. No, I was going to say where he's naked and the camera goes as low as humanly possible before giving it an NC-17 rating. That's my favorite part. The film. When they showed the De- <laughs> the D'Angelo muscle on Brad yes. Pitt, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's. I was for you. like, okay, I will, I will stay in the theater and watch. Is I don't know what happened. Brad Pitt could not act in that movie. I thought he was just awful. It yeah, was Brad Pitt in, in yeah. a wig doing well, yeah, terrible he, things. He, he but didn't anyway, want to be in it, so that's why. But assassination. Assassination stars Brad Pitt, Jeremy Renner, uh, Casey Affleck, who we're not allowed to talk about, who apparently <laughs> uh, was a uh, before it was going to be him. It was going to be Shia LaBeouf, but then they were like, "You're too young." Shia would have been great too. Not at that time. He was even Steven's guy at that time. I think it'd been terrible. But mm-hmm. like this movie, it feels like you're watching a dream with this movie. Is basically the best way. Between the way that the movie looks all saturated, but also looks pretty amazing, like in their visuals, the musical choices, which kind of sound ethereal, and the sound doesn't entirely match with the sound in the movie. So it feels like when they do like pacing shots and stuff, you get pulled out a little bit, and it kind of like lull- pulls you into the movie deeper. Mm-hmm so good and then Pitt's performance because he's not really a hero or a villain he's like not the star of he's the definitely movie. not the star he's not even in it that much and then like they give a very interesting portrayal of Jesse James which is probably closer to what he was where he's a criminal and a murderer everybody and then there's a guy who as he got on in life he started to become more and more paranoid as he realized the walls are closing in on him and at some point somebody's going to catch up to him yeah and just this is the viewpoint of the guy who loved him and then ended up murdering him and the way he goes and sees this guy just go from this idealist or his ideal version of a criminal to just this paranoid person who just gives up and eventually just accepts his fate and lets himself get killed it's such a such a great nuance no that's a great that's a great choice yeah so go go back and check it out everybody even if you it's gonna be not a ton of brad pitt missteps out there so Not really, no. You can do pretty good with his catalog, and also you can check out the movies that he is producing. A lot of them are films that he's in, and some are not. So he um, he o- owns a production company. It's called Plan B Entertainment. He it's he's the sole owner now after his divorce with Jennifer Aniston because she was also an owner of it. Bad move on her behalf. Should have kept that stock. I mean, so. He's produced 12 Years a Slave, mm-hmm. Oscar Got winner. Oscar winner for that. Um, of Speaking of favorites of 2019, he produced The King, which is one of your favorites yep, of the love year. love that movie. And The Last Black Man in San Francisco, my favorite movie of the year. Made uh, Lost City of Z last year. He Okja. He had uh, Departed, Kick-Ass, Eat, Pray, Love. I mean, The Tree of Life, he produced that along with Moneyball. World War Z, Fury, Selma, Killing Them Softly. And I'm pretty sure Assassination of Jesse James and Ad Astra. Yep, both Brad Pitt flicks. Like pretty much guys. He knows he knows what he is producing. If he decides to produce it, it's gonna end up being an excellent film. So if you see his if you see that plan B company on uh on the uh, tagline, you're like, I need to go see this movie. It's going to be awesome. That's 100% accurate. So I guess Brad Pitt's going to be okay. We don't, have to, we don't have to worry about him. We're not going to have to take up funds for Brad Hopefully Pitt him and Maddox soon. will um, get along again in the future. Oh, are they can, fighting? 
Yeah, his one son doesn't talk to him anymore. Oh, well. So that's a bummer. Um, that's life. So hopefully that will Maybe that his will son work. should go watch Ad Astra. <laughs> Maybe he'll get something out of it. That is an excellent point. Ooh, I want, ooh we just stumbled that's, onto that's something, something there, right everybody. there. But all right, we are, uh, we're pretty much out of time, Mr. Jacob. So it's been a couple weeks, but I can't wait to hear you plug oh, us up. Of course, up. because... Everything that Brad Pitt has done is going to be available <laughs> at your local library. We have 37 branches all over Erie County. Stop on by to any one of them. Either grab the movie there or ask them and we'll get it sent over to you. We also got a bookmobile that's driving around there throwing candy to all the kids. So just go ahead and jo- visit our website at www.buffalolib.org. Find out where it's going to be. Check your own account online. Get some downloads, some ebooks. Some audiobooks, all that good stuff. Guys, all that good stuff. Do it up. Do you know that? Um, oh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod, and you get to talk to Michelle because you, with me, you're just going to get gifts. That's that's be honest. It's terrible stuff. So, information about Brad Pitt. Do you know that he moved to Los Angeles in 1986 with $325 in his pocket, and he slept on Melissa Etheridge's couch? Oh. <laughs> Did he come in through the window? Oh. <laughs> no. I'll be. I'm leaving. I'm leaving on <laughs> that one. Please go. But speaking of coming through the window, um, a girl went to his Hollywood area home shortly after January 7th, 1999, and crawled through his window, dressed herself in his clothes, and then stayed for 10 hours in his bed before the house alarm went off. Not a great alarm. Wow, great, great brinks. Good yeah, job. she was 19, and then she was ordered not to contact the actor and to stay 100 yards away from him for three years. So okay, well, she can come visit. Probably him should now. have been longer than three <laughs> years, but. Um, also interesting about him, he is banned from entering China. Oh. Because of his role in Seven Years in Tibet. Makes sense. Yeah, so he's just. There's some reason they got to ban him out of there. There's pl- plenty of reasons, and that's that's a good one, right? Oh, there. totally. Um, he gets really into his roles. He broke his arm while filming Seven, which you'll notice because he actually is wearing his arm in a sling. Then David Fincher was like, "Well, we'll just use it. We'll just add it." To yeah, the movie. didn't they like, just like fine. have him get beat up and then they're like, no? It's when he's like chasing John Doe and he falls out the. He's jumping out of the windows and stuff. You can actually see the scene where he breaks. his Oh arm. no, but I mean like it was in movie reason for why he's wearing. Oh yeah, sling. like gets beat up. And, oh yeah, totally. And then um, <laughs> the best is that he tore his Achilles while filming Troy while ah, playing Achilles. That's pretty great. That, I you bet you Wolfgang you Peterson was like looking at him. He's like, don't even say anything. I don't want to hear <laughs> yeah, so, And my favorite uh, Brad Pitt fact is that he did a television commercial for Toyota. Um, it only airs in Asia. Of course. And the car became so popular because of the ad that the sales resulted in Toyota getting an almost 32% share of the passenger car market wow. because of this commercial. But this commercial cannot play in Malaysia because it was deemed too long and that men would feel threatened by having to see Brad Pitt in that commercial for so long. Okay. <laughs> I mean... Okay. No, well, no, it is, this, I'm, not, I'm not disparaging the Malaysia, <laughs> the men of Malaysia, but I mean, if you got to stare at Brad Pitt, you're like, what am I doing wrong? It's this is, true. This is Why am I even going on? But okay, that is our episode. Thanks for joining us after our vacation and we will catch you next time. Bye.